in prayer. I'll wait a few moments as those that are coming in. Have you greeted your neighbor yet? Let's just do that real quick. Shake your neighbor's hand. Say, good morning. Good to see you. Give them a smile. It's amazing what a smile does. Even if you're feeling a little sleepy, that smile will wake you up. But nonetheless, when we start to worship, you won't be sleepy anymore. Praise the Lord. Let's go before the Lord as we seek his face and as we just look to him for his goodness and his mercy truly does endure forever. Father God, we just enter into your amazing glory. We look to you with our hearts truly filled with praise and thanksgiving. Father, we thank you. Thank you for getting us through yet another week. Thank you for allowing us to see this morning, God. We thank you for this building. We thank you for our church home, our family, oh God. Father God, we thank you. Things may not all be right in our world, but they are right because of you, your presence, God. You give us peace in the midst of storm. You quiet every situation. We thank you. God, may our hearts and our minds be focused on you right now, focused on your glory, focused on your splendor, on your majesty. God, you truly do sit high. You look low. You look upon us, oh God. Your love overflows. Your mercy and grace is forevermore. Jesus, we repent for anything, anything that was sung this week, said this week, anything that was done this week that is not according to your plan, your will for our life, or just completely is disobedient to you. Father God, we repent for even this morning. May our hearts, our consciences be cleared and cleansed, oh God. Wash clean by your blood, Jesus. Right now, we are going to focus completely on you. The words that we sing will not just be mere words, but they will be words that glorify and honor you, O oh God. Our hearts will lift you up fully and totally, O oh God. God, we bless and just pray for our praise team and our musicians and our technology booth, O oh God. Move through them this morning, God, that your glory may overflow in this place. We're believing, God, that worship will be like none other day, O oh God. That our time with you will be like none other, oh God. We're going to seek you like never before, oh God. Thank you so much, God, for being who you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and praise God for our worship team. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Good morning. We serve an awesome God, amen. We serve a great God, and we serve a big God. So this morning is Youth Sunday. Woo-woo! I'm going to do that again. It's Youth Sunday. Woo-woo! Yeah! I'm kind of a youth still. But um, I pray that you will join with us as we give God our best praise today as we sing about our awesome big God. Hallelujah. You can put your hands together. This song is pretty simple. It says, my God is big, so strong, and so mighty. And his plans for me go beyond my wildest dreams. Isn't that true? What a mighty God we serve. Hey, my God, my God.
God? How many of you are chasing for him? I'm chasing for him. Are you chasing for him?
welcome here, Lord. Amen. Your glory, God, is what our 
morning to fill us up. Amen. How many of us need more of God? I know I do. I know my imperfections. I know my humanity, but God is greater. Amen. He is stronger. He is bigger than our faults. That's what, that's what makes him God. Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning we're going to ask him to fill us up for we need him more and more and more. Say you provide, you provide. 
want to run over. We want to run over. Lord, may we run over with your presence, God. May we run over. May it not just be words, God, but fill us up. Fill us up, God. His presence is here this morning. He is here. He has come to heal the brokenhearted. He has come. There is a sweet anointing in the sanctuary. There is a stillness in the atmosphere. Come and lay down the burden to
Hallelujah. Come on and open your mouth and just bless God. Hallelujah. God, we bless you. You're here to heal the broken heart. You are here to heal. You are here to provide. You are here to guide. Father God, we just give to you our burdens. Hallelujah. Come on and just open your mouth. No matter what you're dealing with right now, we'll pray in a minute, but I just sense that we need to open our mouths and bless the Lord. God, we worship you. God, we honor you, God. God, we exalt you, God. God, there is nothing like you, oh God. God, we worship you with everything that is within us, oh God. You are an awesome God. You are a holy God. You are a matchless God. You are a mighty God. You are a merciful God. God, you're a God who hears everything, who sees everything. God, we bless you. God, we honor you. Hallelujah, God. Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. As we continue to worship our God, Peyton Thompson is going to come forth and she's going to lead us in prayer. But continue to talk to God. Don't leave the way that you came today. Whatever you have on your heart, give it to God. Now is the time. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for the United States of America. I pray that you would cover our country and you would cover the president to give him to give him the the, the wisdom dear God I Lord God, I, I, we give to you the service, and we pray for you to move today, Lord God. I pray for the people who are sick. I pray for the people who are sick and the people who want to come to church, but they can't come to church, Lord God. I hope you keep them in your words and keep them in your and keep them in your your loving words, Lord God. I I help the people that who who are coming in and who are going out, Lord God. As we give you thanks, you made heaven and earth, so we must give you thanks and give you the glory, Lord God. And amen. 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 Hallelujah. You may go ahead and be seated. Actually, stay seated. We're going to have a scriptural reading from Michael Mendez. But how awesome was that? Hallelujah. Oh, God, speak through her. Continue, Peyton. You're doing an awesome job. Good morning, church. Today I'll be reading from... 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1 to 5. And I'll be reading from the New American Standard, 
it's different than what we're used to, but it's good to see things from multiple perspectives. <laughs> All right. Now I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am meek when face to face with you, go bold toward you when absent. I ask that when I am present, I need not be bold with the confidence with which I propose to be courageous against some, who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Now, as you can tell, if you are visiting with us for the first time, I'm going to have you do something in a few moments. But as you can tell, there's a theme here, the youth. Today is Youth Sunday. Praise the Lord. So, so far, let's just give our youth a round of applause. Those that have already worshipped, led worship, prayed, read the scripture, they're doing an amazing, amazing job. If you are visiting with us for the first time, we're going to ask that you stand. You don't have to say anything, but we just want to acknowledge you in our living word way. So if you're here with us for the first time worshiping, welcome, sister. Welcome. Welcome, my brother. Good to have each of you. Stay seat. I'm standing until you receive what our ushers have. Inside, there is a card. We're going to ask that you fill that card out. And during the offering, you can place that card inside of the offering. It's our way of keeping in contact with you. Also, towards the end of service, we will have someone that will escort you to our special suite. We have a, a special, um, just a welcome for you in a, a time of refreshing after our service. If you are worshiping with us for the second time, would you just wave your hand? We have a card for you as well. Wow, praise the Lord. We have quite a few today. So that's great to have you again. Welcome back. Welcome home, so to speak. Praise the Lord. It's great to have you. And again, you also are being given, your card is a little different. It's a blue card, but we still ask that you go ahead and fill it out. And then once you've completed it, you place it in the offering bucket once it comes around. Praise the Lord. So thank you. And those of us, how many of you come just about every Sunday? Wave your hand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give yourselves a clap. Praise God. It's good to see each of you. It is awesome to see each of you. You know, every morning when I come down, I live um, just a little bit east of 75, but I'm west of Flamingo. And uh, on my way to church, I tend to have a little bit of a stumbling block sometimes. You know what my stumbling block tends to be? Bikers. These people, I know what I mean by bikers. The people that ride on their bicycle and they decide to take up the entire road. But Holy Spirit showed me something today. They do it every Sunday. And I thought to myself, you know what, God, if they could do that every Sunday, they can come and worship you every Sunday. Praise the Lord. Now, of course, with the exception of sickness, that happens. But I think to myself, and I'm so grateful for those of us that come Sunday after Sunday, we don't come just to come, right? We come to worship our awesome and omnipotent and our excellent God. As we sang not long ago, we come to be filled up. And I pray that as you leave this place today, you will indeed be filled up. We have a few announcements, but before we get to our announcements, we're going to do the breaking news, okay? Afterwards, you will hear Sister Di Pastor Diary and Pastor Carl also have some announcements for you.
morning, I'm Danelle Lee. And I'm Rebecca Hamilton, reporting to you live from LWOBC Studios. Attention all youth and parents. Youth camp is quickly approaching. Registration deposits for youth camp are due by May 30th. This year's youth camp will be held from July 23rd to July 27th. It will be very exciting this year and will include many different activities like basketball, swimming, and much more. So don't forget to sign your kids up for an amazing experience with God. Also, our church will be showing a new Jamaican gospel movie, 70 Times 7, on Friday, May 26th at 7 p.m. Tickets are available at the bookstore for $10, but will be $15 at the door. So get your tickets now. Finally, the Awana closing ceremony will be Sunday, June 4th at 7 p.m. Come out and support the children as they share all they've learned about God in Awana this school year. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in and, and have, have a blessed day. day. Okay, well, Sister Francis is coming, I just want to remind you that tonight is uh, the last night of Keswick. And you remember that on Keswick night, convention night, the Sunday night, uh, we don't have our evening service. And uh, for some of you, that doesn't make any difference. But for those of us who comes all the time, I want you to know that we're not having a service this evening. Um, yes, several of you are missing on Sunday evenings when we have our first and third Sunday evenings. There is no change for you. But we want to invite you to be a part of the service at Cooper City Church of God to this evening at 645. It's our last service for the Keswick Convention. And so there won't be any service here this evening. Thank you very much. Good morning. My purpose of being here today is to really thank um, a number of you members who have represented Jesus by caring for the one that was hurting and in need. And a few weeks ago, I came here and I talked about Fedora's loss of her mother, the 17-year-old whose mom came for her graduation and uh, got ill, was diagnosed with cancer, died. And yesterday, she was buried. The funeral was held here. And many of you have been very gracious. You have given out of your need. Others um, helped with transporting the family because they have no other means. And uh, many of you came out yesterday. And uh, what you demonstrated was the life of Jesus in you. And I just want you to know that it's noticed by the community that was present. It's a different cultural group. And um, the family really appreciate your help because we have been family to Fedora and her grandma for seven years. And so thank you so much. We appreciate it. And I just trust that we'll continue to be able to reflect Jesus in all we do. And many times it calls for sacrifice. So thank you very much for serving. And on a happier note, many of you have passed a beautiful fuchsia pink tote bag at the welcome desk. It's a fundraiser for women's ministry to help with our project. We have not been having any fish fry or any cookout. So I really want to draw the prize, but we have not made enough money. So today is your last opportunity. Men, it's only $2 a ticket. Ladies, it's wonderful. It has beautiful contents. See the ladies' ministry, women outside afterwards, and uh, you may be the one that's blessed. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Diary and Pastor Carl. All right. 
Praise the Lord. So next, we will be blessed by an item by our Living Word Open Bible Church Dance Ministry. Let's welcome them.
reason why you're doing good, doing good. is because what's ahead of you is greater than all the things that were behind you. So you gotta understand, you gotta understand that everything was already ordained before you got here for you to do good. See, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it in the man. God's masterful plan for his children. That's who you are, baby girl. You God's child. My brother, that's who you are. You gotta understand that all things are working for you. multiplied look like they started out with one I mean I already was amazed with the number and then it's like they added more I was like what awesome praise the Lord I have to admit I wish I could move like that still oh well praise the Lord that's all right well guess what this is our opportunity to move through worship you ready this is a really good one it's time to give you ready to give oh praise the Lord let's give God a clap of praise for giving time praise the Lord and I'm sure, and for those of you that don't know, let me say, and for those of you that do know, it's just a reminder, we cannot outgive God, right? Every time, I, and I've learned, God give me a number, and you know when you get a number that it's not what you would normally do, you need to do it. You need to do it. Because that means God, he has something else coming down the pike that you now not of. But the cool thing is, if there is an amount that you didn't get to do last Sunday, you could add it this Sunday. Praise the Lord. So as our ushers come down, we're believing that we are ready to give. Our hearts are ready. Because, again, we're giving to God. And he will indeed bless us. God loves a cheerful giver, not a grudgeful one. So I'm going to ask young Nathaniel to lead us in prayer for the offering. He's got a smile because he is eager to enter God's presence with prayer. Hallelujah. Good morning. All right, bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day and having another day for us. And that we could bless this, this um, offering today. And have a nice day when we go. And amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I have to admit, one of the things I love, like my first time coming to this church five years ago was on a youth Sunday. And now I was like amazed with the young people leading worship and doing the ushering. And I was like, wow, I love this. Because there are not many places that embrace youth like our church does. Amen. But it's also a great reminder to those of us that are a little older no matter how old you are, we can always serve God with all of our gifts. There's no limit to what we can do for God. Amen.
Let's give a round of applause for our musicians. I love this song, Fred Hammond, but I have to admit, they don't play it like our musicians. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, it's the word time. Are you ready to hear the word of God? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give a clap of praise for our pastor, Pastor Carl Francis, as he brings to us a rhema word from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time, turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to see you this morning. Amen. We've been doing 50 days of transformation, 50 days to make over your life. And I uh, heard some good reports from those small groups. And if you're not in a small group, it's still not too late to catch on, to join one of them. And just at least to get the benefit of what's being taught and what they're learning in the small groups. This morning as I was thinking about what we're going to share with you, I want you to understand, I want you to listen very carefully. You have your notes and I want you to make your, have, everybody has a note page. Everybody has something to write. You should have been given a page and hopefully you carry something to write with you. Because I want you to write down the things and fill in the gaps as we go along. Because we're going to talk about what really makes the difference. Today, what we're going to talk about will make all the difference in the world with your life. And I, it's, it's a kind of thing, subject that should be over two weeks. This is the kind of stuff that you shouldn't rush through. And as I'm saying that, I might be doing it over two weeks. So you may want to hold on to your paper so that you bring it back next time so we can complete it. Because there's so much information there, but if we rush it, you don't get the benefit of the substance of what you have in your hand and what we're going to talk about today. We have been doing 50 days of transformation and we've been using as our theme scripture... Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And this is the NLT translation on the overhead. And so why don't you read it together with me. After 2. 1, 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now how many people really honestly truthfully this morning, you would like to be changed into a better person. You'd like to be changed into a better person. I see some of you not really. Okay, so let me ask again. If you would like to be changed into a better person, let's raise your hand. All right, there's more of you. All right. Now, what the Bible says to us is that we can become better when we start thinking better. That's really the bottom line. We become better when we start thinking better. And so when the Bible talks about some translation, talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind, this one says by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. So let me make a very important statement right now. God is far more interested in changing your mind than in changing your circumstance. Now, i got to tell you, a lot of us are in some circumstances that we want to change right now. 
We don't like where we are. We don't like what is happening. We don't like the challenges that we're facing. Maybe it's a physical thing. It could be an illness. It could be a job situation. It could be a family situation. Whatever it is, we don't want to be in this kind of circumstance that we're in. And we're crying out to God to change the circumstance. And what we, what we have to do is that life goes better for us when we understand how God works. And how do we understand how God works? By going to his word. And, we, and I want to make the statement again. Because this is how he is. And I can't change God for you. And you can't change God for me. God is God. And he says, I change not. And there's nothing I can do about it. Now you can do about it. If that's the way he is, and that's how he tells us he is, that's what we're going to have to work with. And let me say it again. God is more interested in changing your mind than in changing your circumstance. And so we need to understand that. So what we want to do, we want to change our circumstances, obviously. But really, God's more interested in what's happening in us. What's going on in you? Because you got to remember, this whole lifespan, whether you live till 105 or the lady who just died at 117, the longest living person in the world, 117 years old. If you live to that length of time, guess what life is about? Life for us is preparing to spend eternity with God. And guess what he's working on? He's working on our character. Can you say character? Because God is so holy. God is so perfect. And God knows that we, 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 he's got to work with us. And i going to tell you, we're going to spend eternity with him. And we can't be the way we are. He's got to work on us. And guess what? We're also coming back to live on earth. We're coming back to spend a thousand years here. We're going to reign and rule with Jesus Christ in the headquarters in Jerusalem. And here we are going to be on terra firma earth. You are going to be on terra firma earth again one day. Even after 5,000 years, even after 500 years that you may have died, it doesn't matter. You're going to be back on earth one day, reigning with Christ in the millennium. And we have to learn to get along. Because I got to tell you, we're not doing a pretty good job of it right now. Come on, be honest. Isn't that true? We're having some problems getting along. We're having some problems getting along with the world outside. Amen? And then people are even having problems getting along in the church. Well, if we can't get along well in the church, how are we going to expect the people outside to get along very well? So guess what? He's got to work on our character. So God's building character this morning. And he's building character. And the things that he has to do to build character is the circumstances that he places us in our lives. And so the circumstances that you and I are in today are not coincidental. I got to tell you, when you begin to read the word of God, and you really begin to see how God works. You're not, nothing is happening to you and I by accident or by coincidence. God is at work. And you say, but pastor, this is a horrible situation. I know. But he's still at work. And he's still doing it for a reason. And it's not a coincidence. And it's not because he doesn't have any ability to change it. He is allowing it for a purpose. Now, we don't always know why. 
You see, we, our problem is, if I can't figure out why, I don't want to believe it. If I can't figure out why, then I don't want to accept it. But that's not our job. God is God. And we have to start learning that he is really in control. And he's in control of everything. And nothing is, nothing is not under his control. At every time, it doesn't matter whether something bad or good. We, don't, we would say, why would God allow this? And people say, why does God allow this even in the world? If God is a good God, why does he do that? I don't have all the answers why because I don't know why God does some things. But we do know that he's all wise. And he's, he's omniscient. He knows everything. He sees everything. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. So when you put all of that together, my little pea brain... And my little bird brain, and our little human bird brain that we think we're so smart, we can't figure out God enough. But he is wise. And what sometimes doesn't seem like it makes sense actually makes sense. I remember when my son had an injury and I had to take him to the hospital when he was small. And in order for the doctor to work on the stitch... I had to hold him down because it was painful, okay? And he's looking at me with his eyes and saying, Dad, are you allowing them to do this to me? And you can imagine as a father looking at your little child, looking at you, and he's saying that you're allowing them to do this to me. It's painful. And I had to hold him in that position still. Why? Because I love him. Why am I holding him for the doctor to do that? Because I know that when the doctor's finished doing what he's going to do, it's going to be beneficial to him. Did he like it? No. Did he think that I was, he couldn't understand me? He said, I thought you loved me. He's probably going through his mind. How could you love me and be allowing this to happen to me? Well, that sometimes that happens with us with God. Sometimes that happens with us with God. And we're saying, God, if you really love me, why are you allowing this to happen to me? And he says, my son, my daughter, I do love you. It is because I love you why this is happening. You don't understand now. But one day, you'll understand. So today, as we think about the statement again, God is more interested in changing my mind than in changing my circumstance. No transformation takes place. No changes actually takes place in our life until we begin to change our thoughts. So I want to ask, we're going to say, why must I change my mind why must I change my mind why is it important that I learn to manage my mind as we begin to look this morning on mental health let me give you three reasons why you want to write these down number one because my thoughts control my life that's the first thing why I want to manage my mind my thoughts control my life. 
Think about that statement. That's, that's so deep and powerful along. That's, so, that's, so, that's enough to, to, to chew on for a long time. If we begin to think about it, my thoughts control my life. So if I want to change my life, I have to change what? My thoughts. I begin to talk. Right away we begin to connect some dots. Every single action begins with a thought. We all know that, right? Every single action begins with a thought. If you don't think it, you don't do it. Whether it's a good action or a bad action, you had to think it first. Proverbs 4.23 says, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. That's Proverbs 4.23. Notice that word shape. People say, I was just thinking it. Well, it doesn't matter if you're just thinking it. The Bible says the power of your mind, the power of your thoughts, has tremendous ability to shape your life for good or for bad. You know, there's a gentleman that they found that, you know, he was a pretty elderly man, and um, he had a bad heart, and, but he lived a very long life, and, and they tried to figure out Doctors had was a little bit puzzled about that, that he could live that long with such a bad heart. But the, the thing about it is that every time, that, every day that man woke up, he said, this is a great day. Beautiful day, wonderful day. This is going to be a good day. He didn't wake up, oh, Lord, I got a heart problem. Oh, what am I going to do? He got up and said, this is going to be a great day. And every day he's an upbeat, he says, and so his mind is working on something. You, you, we don't understand the power of the mind. Your mind has power over your body. Your mind is so powerful, if we ever get to understand the power of the mind, we wouldn't be thinking any negative thoughts. We would be thinking positive thoughts. And so your mind can change what's going on in your body. And so this brother would just, every day, he's always upbeat, always talking about how good this day is. It's going to be a wonderful day. It's a beautiful day. And he's had his upbeat attitude. And they realized after a time that as scientists did studies, they realized that even secular people now realize that when we talk about speaking positive, that there is something about it. When we say, you know, this knee is going to be better. When we talked about last week when the lady says, it is well. And something is going on and she said, it is well. And the child was dead and it says, is everybody, it is well. Secular scientists are discovering there's something connected with that that really makes a difference in your life. It is when you start thinking, because you can't say it is well unless you're thinking that. You understand know I me? Mean? You start thinking, this is gonna, it's gonna get better. Don't worry. Uh, it's gonna be, uh, we're gonna work, we're, we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through this. Somebody needs to say that this morning. I don't know who that is for, but the Holy Spirit just put that in me. And He says, somebody needs to say that we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through this. And you need to speak it out. You're going to get through this. And it's getting into the mind. And it's going to affect the way you, you work and what you do. So, so that's the first reason is that 
It is where we lose the battle or win the battle. So here, so the first thing we said is that because my, my thoughts control my life. Let's go to the second one. Because the mind is the battleground for sin. The mind is the battleground for sin. It is where we win or lose the battle. You win or lose the battle in your mind. In fact, all temptation happens in the mind. When we think, sometimes we think temptation is out there somewhere. Something external. No, no, no. All temptations begin in the mind. And we're going to show you that if I get to that part today. We're going to show you how temptations work. Uh, and so it all begins in the mind. It's all between your our ears. It happens there. When you talk about the sins of pride or lust or bitterness or hatred or anger or fear or resentment or envy, where are those things? They all are in your mind. If you and I can learn how to manage your mind, you will learn how to manage your life. This is where the battle exists. It's about the mind. And Paul tells us that in Romans chapter 7. In Romans chapter 7, Paul tells us, verse 22, that I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. He says, but there is something else deep within me that is at war, at war, with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin within me. It's at war with my mind and so makes me a slave to sin. See, this is where it begins. In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. Why? Because there's a war going on. And if you lose the battle in your mind, you are going to, have, you're going to end up sinning. Every sin begins with a thought. If, I, if you are late for work and your boss says, what's your good excuse today? Guess what you're, you're thinking, right? You're thinking right now, you start thinking, if I say this, this is that. If I say that, this is how we may think. But if I say this, I think he will, be let, he will let me off. And guess what? You, you evaluated three, three, three options already in your mind. In a split second, you looked at three options. Because the brain moves so fast. And you decided that option number three is the one I'm going to pick. I'm going to tell him my car broke down and I got late. And you know that's a lie. Hello? Because if you told him the truth that you overslept, that was not going to go well. So you told a lie. Sin. You sin. But where did it begin? It began in your mind. You thought about it. And you had to think and you looked at the different options. And in your mind you're saying, what do I tell him? I've been late before. This is my second time this week. I don't know who that is for. Somebody was late second time this week. My second time this week. And he said, so what's your excuse today? And I'm processing. Now we're godly people, and we're supposed to tell the truth. And it's better to say, you know, I'm so sorry, boss. I know I was late two days ago. But I got to tell you, my alarm clock went off, and I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. That was the truth. 
Now, you see, you say the truth and depend on the mercies of God. But if you tell a lie, you can't have no help from God. Because God can't back you up with a lie. See the problem some people don't understand? They think you better tell a lie. But when you tell a lie, you're alone. Because God over there, and you're standing by yourself. But when you tell the truth, he comes in with mercy, and he touches the, the heart of the boss, because he has the power over your boss's heart. And he will speak to your boss and says, be lenient. It's okay. Let them off. Warn them, but don't take any consequences. And so, and then, you know, you may lie and say, the car broke down. And then he said, what was wrong? And then he, two days later, he says, what was wrong with your car the other day? And you forgot. And you said, um, my car? What's wrong with my car? Hello? You see? This happens just like that. And so you need to tell the truth. Because when you speak truth, you have God on your side. And if you need mercy, he'll get you mercy. If you need grace, he'll give you grace. But lying, you're on your own. You're with the devil. And he is only, because you, when you lie, you're, you're standing with, the, with your father, uh, the father of liars. And, and can I tell you, he is just waiting to get you. So he's going to put it, because guess what? He can't read thoughts. You're going to see that. But he can put into your boss's mind. Who you think put into your boss's mind two days later to ask you, what was wrong with your car the other day? It was that same devil that told you to lie in the first case. That same devil that put the thought in your mind to lie. Now remember, his job is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy you. He wants you to lose your job. And so what he does, he sets you up. And so when you do error, when you go on the side of lying, you've joined with the devil. And if you join forces with the enemy, that enemy may be smiling with you right now, but he has a knife in your back. And you don't want that. You want to go on the air of truth. Amen? Speak the truth. So, Satan actually, you see, when he wants to, he wants to control your mind. That's what he wants to do. Because whatever gets your attention gets you. My thoughts control my life because my mind is the battleground for sin. All right, so we talked about why must I manage my mind? We said we must manage it because my thoughts control my life. Number two, we said because my, the mind is the battleground for sin. And then the third one is because it is the key to peace and happiness. I don't know everybody wants that now. My mind is the key to peace and happiness. Because managing my mind is actually the key to peace and happiness. An, un, an unmanaged mind leads to tension. A managed mind leads to tranquility. An unmanaged mind leads to pre pressure. A managed mind leads to peace. An unmanaged mind leads to conflict and chaos. 
A managed mind leads to confidence. Thou will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is what? There you go. That's the scripture. Perfect peace. God says they will keep her whose mind is stayed on thee. It's stayed on God. And throughout the day as you move your mind, you're thinking about God, you're processing, you're working, and every now and then you stop and you think about the goodness of God in between as you're doing your stuff, and your mind is focused on godly thoughts, and you're thinking thoughts about God, how good He is, how awesome He is, how wonderful He is, what a blessing to be connected with Him, what a wonderful thing it is to be a child of God, and you are thanking Him every now and then, Lord, I just thank You for all that You've done and all that You're doing, and your mind is stayed on Him. And he gives you peace. And when your situation and something arises that would trouble you, maybe it's a job situation and you would, fear would come upon you. You said, and he says, it's okay. I got you covered. I got you covered. I got you covered. Remember the sparrows? Remember the lilies? If I take care of the lilies and I take care of the sparrows, aren't you worth more than they are? Aren't you more valuable than they to me? So he says, do not worry about tomorrow because I will take care of you. So somebody this morning, maybe you're worried about what's going to happen next. Worried about tomorrow. God is saying to you, Leave it to me. Turn it over to me. We used to have a chorus that we used to sing in those days. We don't sing anymore. Turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus. And everything's going to be all right. All right. All right, all right, and everything's gonna be all right. So turn to somebody and tell them, turn it over to Jesus. Somebody need to turn it over to Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. When you turn it over to Him, Everything is going to be all right. Glory to God. So the Bible says to us, you know, we have a lot of stress in our lives. Enormous amount of stress in life. Life is very stressful. More stressful than before. You know, when you go to a third world country and you go like in Africa or one of those places where the pace is not as fast. You go to, into the countryside, in one of those country towns, one of those villages in Africa. It's amazing. You suddenly feel relaxed. You know there's something different. There's, you don't see any car rushing up and down the street. You don't hear anybody running around out of breath. Chickens are running around. 
birds are chirping in the trees. The banana leaves are waving, praising God. And people are not just, they're just talking. Sitting around talking to one another. I'm telling you, and then you come from this busy, rushing place, I-95. <sighs> the stress on your chest with the driving, the people coming in and out, and nobody can wait anymore, and pass you and cut in. And hey, you just suddenly unwind, and you know that. Hey, life can be different. There don't have to be the rat race. Every now and then you need to get away, go to the country. Find some remote place to go. Where you can have tranquility and peace. Everybody's not rushing. Because we are under stress. But a managed mind leads to strength and leads to security. So we have three choices for a healthy mind, the Bible gives us. Three choices. We're going to look at them. Let's see where we get this morning. We're going to go to the first one. So the first thing I want us to look at, as we look at those three choices, we want to remember, though, that while the devil wants to control our mind, I want you to know that he cannot, or control our thoughts rather, he wants to control our thoughts, but he can't control our thoughts. And listen to this, God doesn't control our thoughts, the devil doesn't control our thoughts, only you and I control our thoughts. Your thoughts are controlled by you. Praying to God to cut you, God, Lord, Help me, help me to change my thoughts. Goes nowhere. Because he can't change your thoughts for you. You can change your thoughts. You need to think differently. You have the power to change your thoughts. You don't need to pray to God to ask God to change your thoughts. You just change them. Sometimes we think we can't change them. Oh, yes, you can change them. I don't care how much you are enjoying that meal. And you are deep in your stupies. Or your ackee and codfish and your roast breadfruit and your avocado. And boy, you were just in the middle of it. And you were just about to bite a piece of dumpling in here. Boom! A gunshot outside your window. Let me tell you something. Your thoughts change from that food immediately. And you are thinking differently now. First thing, there's a whole different thoughts. You got a lot of thoughts. Talk about changing thoughts. You're, you're, you're running thoughts. Should I duck? Should I run? What should I do? Where do I go? What? There are all kinds of thoughts coming into your mind at that point. You can change your thoughts. You don't need to pray and ask God to change them. And the devil can't change, can't control your thoughts. Here's what the devil does. He can plant thoughts in you, but he can't control your thoughts. He can't tell you, 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 must, you, you, I'm not letting you stop thinking about this. The devil can't do that. And so if you keep thinking about certain things that are negative, 
You can't stop thinking about it. It's called displacement. I simply change that thought with another thought. I could be looking at it overhead, and I'm thinking about it, and I decide, you know what, I'm going to change my thought and talk about, start thinking about the flag over there. I just simply change my thought. And so we need to remember that, that you have the power to change your thoughts. And God isn't going to control your thoughts for you. You're going to have to control them yourself. So, so I want to have a healthy mind. And the Bible says there are three choices for a healthy mind. Number one, I have to feed my mind. Feed my mind with truth. That's the first thing. I must feed my mind with truth. If I'm going to have a healthy mind, I have to feed my mind with truth. Because whatever I feed my mind with is what I'm going to end up doing and being. I must feed my mind with truth. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Matthew 4, 4 says to us, people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. We need more than bread. We need to feed on the word of God. Why should I feed? When should I feed on that truth? I should feed on it every day. I should feed on it daily. I should feed on it throughout the day. Listen to what Psalm 119 tells us. David says to us in Psalm 119 and 147, he says, I rise early to cry out for help. And to put my hope in your words. I rise early to cry out for help. That's to pray and to put my hope in your words. Hope, he says. He starts every morning talking to God. He starts out every morning in prayer and listening to him. I want to read your word, he says. I, I start every day that way. And the Bible is full of, the Bible has 7,000 promises in there. 7,000 promises. And you can, you can make some of them yours. And if, I want, if you want to have your mind becomes renewed and become a new person, it begins with thinking on those words of God, those promises of God, the truth of God's word. Psalm 119 and verse 97 says, Lord, how I love your word. I think about it all day long. Look at that, 119.97. I, I think about it all day long. And then Psalm, 1, Psalm 116 verse 7 says, Even the darkest night your teachings fill my mind. And so David, this man who had experienced so much with Saul and all that he'd been through running for his life, being a fugitive, he says in Psalm 119 and verse 95, When the wicked people hide to ambush and kill me, I quietly keep my mind on your word. Wow. People are trying to kill him. Chasing him like Saul was. And he says, when somebody's trying to kill you, chasing you like they were chasing David, he says, what I do is to quietly keep my mind on your word. Because that will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind... He stayed on thee. So you see, David, you know, when, when your enemy is coming at you, when, when things are coming at you in, in such a way, David is saying, what I do is to keep my mind. I just quietly keep my mind on the word. I get the word and I, I read that word and the word encourages me. 
Psalm 27, whom shall I fear? What shall I, whom shall I be afraid of? And you begin to encourage yourself. As you read God's word, it keeps you encouraged. When you keep your mind on it, when the enemy is coming at you. And so this is one of the things, it's called challenging your mind. I feed my mind daily on the truth. And then the second thing I must do, I must, I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. That's the second thing. I've got to free my mind from destructive thoughts. I've got to recognize that the enemy is going to plant thoughts in me that I don't want. Well, the first enemy, we have, we have three enemies, actually, that's going to try to get destructive thoughts in us. The first enemy is our old nature, that old sin nature. That old sin nature is still always there lurking around. And Romans 7.23 says, I see in my body a principle at war with the law of my mind, taking me captive to the law of sin, that dwells inside me. And so here Paul is using war language. Do you ever find yourself doing things that you really don't want to do? Yeah, that's the battle. Your old nature is not your friend. It's the source of all our bad habits. And Romans 8, 5 says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases the Spirit. That's what it says. Romans 8 and verse 5. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. So when you're thinking of something evil, at that point your sinful nature is kicking in. When you're thinking of something that is positive, something that pleases God at that time, the Spirit of God is kicking in. Because, you know, we go back and forth. And it all depends. That's why the Bible says we have to, uh, it says, mortify the flesh. We have to bring it under subjection. We have to bring it under control. That's what fasting does. Fasting denies the flesh and, and reduces the flesh power and increases the spirit control in your life. So if you want the spirit to have more control in your life, then you have to deny the flesh what it wants. Weaken it. Because you feed the flesh with worldly things. And it gets fat. And it gets powerful. And it begins to override the whole the spirit in us. Because the spirit has gotten weak. Because the spirit food is the word of God. And if you deny the spirit, the word of God is going to shrink. It's going to get weak and shrivel up. And because you're feeding on all the other things that the world has, and all that we watch on TV, and all that we read in the news, and all that we see on our phones, and all the website we go to, and all the other things that are happening, and we're feeding our minds with all of these things. And so my, the fleshly man is, 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 is just being built up. And every, every time you build up the fleshly man, you're weakening the spiritual man. And so there are times when people want to get, they realize, you know what, I'm too, spirit, I'm, too, I'm, I'm too fat. I'm too carnally fat. I need to lose some carnal weight. And in order to do that, I need to go into a tear of fasting. And so I subject the flesh. 
And the flesh loves food. Did you ever find that the flesh loves food? Just me mention it right now. Some of your thoughts are already gone over there. The flesh loves food. The flesh loves to be taken care of, doesn't it? The flesh wants what it wants. It desires. It wants to be pleased. It, it loves pleasure. It loves pleasure in whatever form it comes. Just give it pleasure. And the flesh is just like that. And you've got to deny it and say, no, 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 no. So that the spirit man, and then you've got to feed the spirit man. It's not just denying the flesh, but not feeding the spirit. Because if the spirit is 10 pounds, and the flesh is 60 pounds, and you deny the spirit and bring the flesh and bring the spirit down to 40 pounds, but you haven't fed the spirit, the spirit is still 10 pounds. So, you know, not eating, say you're fasting, but not reading the word and prayer, doesn't build up the spirit. And that's where some people go off. They say, I'm just going to fast today. So they don't eat, they don't fast, they don't eat, but they don't read the word. Or you don't stop to take time to pray. You've really just used a diet method. You just went dieting. That's really what you did. But fasting says, true fasting says, I take the time that I would normally eat or do something else, and I take that time, and I use that, those time in building up the spirit by reading the word or by spending time in prayer. And I can do that in my car. I can do that anywhere. It's my lunchtime. I say, I'm going to fast today. And I'm not going to have breakfast or lunch. So I don't have some quiet place at work. So I find somewhere where I can go. Maybe in my car or somewhere. And I take my Bible out and I start meditating. It's wonderful these days. You can take your phone out. And you can have your, 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 your thing on your phone. Or you can be in a quiet place somewhere at your job. You can pull your phone or go under a tree somewhere, wherever. And you can end up. Just read your Bible and just talk to God for a few moments. That's preparing your spirit. That's building the spirit man. But we need to build the spirit man. Because that flesh is going to come and hit you very soon again. He's going to tell you, oh, you've been starving me. And he wants to see, and he's going to, you know, he starts giving you orders. And you've got to be able to control him. And then the second enemy we have is Satan, the devil. Now, he cannot force you to do anything. You know, people say, the devil made me do it. No, 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 no. Devil don't make you do anything. The devil cannot force you and I to do anything that we don't want to do. You got to get that. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Satan cannot force you to do anything. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in now he can make suggestions. That's what the devil does. He makes suggestions. He comes and he tries to get a thought in you. He can't control your thoughts. He can't read your thoughts. But he can give you thoughts. And it's a matter of do you buy what he's telling you. Oh, you need to go down there. Oh, you need to go with so and so. Just about when you pick up your Bible and says you're going to have your devotion. He comes and he says... Oh, forget you, you forget that you have a load of clothes over there to go wash. And don't forget that after you wash the clothes, you have this to do. And don't forget after you wash the clothes and have this to do, you have to go to the supermarket. 
And don't forget, after you wash the clothes and this student go to the supermarket, you have to go drive. So you really don't have time to do, to do this right now. I don't think it's a good idea. You need to put it down. He comes with, he, so he puts thoughts in your head. You know, he, he's very good at, you must understand, he crafts a lot of things. So you pick up your Bible and you're ready for your devotional time. And your phone starts ringing. It wasn't ringing all this time. Just about the time you decide, the phone starts ringing. And you know what you got to do? Let it ring. Even if pastor's on the line. Let it ring. Because God's not calling you. He's waiting on you. God's not on that line, so let it ring. You're going to talk to God now. And so we have to, we have to, because the enemy strategizes. And he has his emissaries all over. He sees, oh, she's about to go read the Bible. Okay, I got to get so and so to call. He times everything. He's not everywhere, but he has people a lot of places. And so he can see what's going on and, he, and he's trying to disrupt. So the enemy comes. And you know, the other thing is that the enemy comes and he comes with thoughts and thoughts and we think that what if I think it, it's okay. You know, it is said, you must not, don't believe everything you think. Because everything you think is not true. You know, the, how the enemy wants to come to you and it, you know, you, you feel a pain somewhere. This pain won't go away. And you know, he doesn't think, um, well, how long you have that pain now? Is it getting any better? No. Why do you think you have that pain? You remember your mother? She had that pain in her side too. You remember your friend who we were talking to two weeks ago? And I mean, he starts sowing seeds of fear. You're, do you think you're thinking it is gas? Oh, no. It's gone beyond gas long time. It's up to something else right now. I mean, you start thinking surgery. You start thinking, oh, oh, I got to go get this test and they're going to do this. And, all. and he wants to plan all sorts of stuff in your mind to keep us afraid and fearful. And so not everything you think is true. And then you really finally go to the doctor. And they check you out. And the doctor says, you just have a bad case of indigestion. What did you eat two days ago? He said, oh, boss, doctor had some pizza. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that, that will do it for you. You got some late night pizza? Yes, yes, yes. There you go. They gave you some antacid. All you need was a little antacid. Isn't that amazing? You know something? By the time the doctor, here's the, here, here is the issue. By the time the doctor tells you that it is only indigestion, the pain immediately goes away. 
Because your mind is at ease. Have you ever noticed that? Suddenly the problem goes. Because it is not what you were thinking before. It's not as bad as you were thinking before. And so not everything you think is true. Don't believe everything you think. Because everything you think is not true. So that's the second enemy. We have the first enemy, which is our, our, our carnal nature. We have the second enemy, which is the devil. And the third enemy is our, is our world system, the world system. The world system, the culture around us. We have to fight this mental battle. In 2 Corinthians 10, that was read this morning, in verse 5, and so it says, Though we live in the world, we do not war, wage war as the world does. The weapon we fight with are not the weapons of the world. He's talking about the mental battle. Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. A stronghold is a lie that I believe. When I believe a lie, I, mean I have a stronghold. And so the Bible is telling us, he says, you know, that's not, we don't fight that way. We don't, we, don't, we, we don't war that way. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We demolish them. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is working in us. And is at work in us. And we need to rise up when the enemy comes. And we need to take authority. And we declare over ourselves. We have the victory. I am more than a conqueror. Through him that loved me. And gave himself for me. And let the devil know. Devil, you're not going to depress me. You're not going to put me down. You're not going to confine me. I have the power in the name of Jesus. We become, I know who I am. I know who I am. What the enemy wants you and I to do is to live in a prison built by ourselves. He wants to, us to imprison ourselves through our thinking, through our thoughts. You can paralyze yourself by your thoughts. You can cause yourself to, to get into some serious situation by the way you're thinking. And, you, you know, you, you, and, and the enemy, if he finds that you succumb to these thoughts, he pours it on. And he tells you, oh, you know, you remember, you, you remember when you from, from your little bit they told you you're not, going, you're, you're not coming to anything? Don't you see you're not coming to anything? And, you know, you, the, and, and so he brings back things that from your little child. Rehearse some things that people said to you and make you want to think that you are what, you, what they said you are. You are not anybody like that. You are who Christ says you are. That's who you are. And I'm a joint here with Jesus Christ. I'm a royal priesthood, a peculiar treasure. God's chosen people. That's who we are. And we need to know who we are and understand who we are. Because if we allow the world system to get into us, we'll begin to be feeling depressed and discouraged and despondent. But I want to tell you this morning that we have a great, we, are, we have a living hope. There is hope for us as a child of God. We are ready on the winning side, brethren. We are ready on the winning side. We are not losing. We have already won. Give God praise this morning. If you believe, we have already won. We have the victory. We have the victory. 
We have the victory. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. We will come through this. We are going to get through this. This is going to be over one day. It's not going to be always like this. Because I, my God is real. Hallelujah. And he's able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or even think. He is our God. And we need to remind ourselves that doesn't matter what the devil throws at us. Doesn't matter how he comes at us. We know who we are in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror. Can you say that this morning? I am more than a conqueror through him that loved us and gave himself for us. That's who we are. That's who we are. Don't let the devil tell you you're somebody else. Don't let him pamper you. Oh, poor thing. You're not no poor thing. You're a child of the king. Glory to God. You know who you are. You are a child of the king. My father is in control of everything. My father owns everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God this morning. So we begin to think those ways. Think those thoughts. Think those thoughts. Think that way. When I begin to think that I'm more than a conqueror, I'm going to get up and I'm going to begin to walk and I'm going to declare and I know that, the, you know, and, and, and things are going to change. The atmosphere changes. Things change. The devil says, I can't handle this one. I better let him go. Let, let, he, 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 I, I, let me go find another weakling. Let, let me go find somebody else. But I can't bother with this one. This one really thinks. He, he really understands who he is. And if he knows, if he gets a grasp of really who he is, there's no way I can have any influence over him. So let me leave him and see if I can find another person. Person. But if all of us begin to rise up and begin to know who we are and begin to speak it and declare it and proclaim it in the name of Jesus, I am no wimp. I am no loser. I am, I am God's child. I am a joint here with Jesus Christ. Glory to God. And I have the victory. We have the victory this morning. Stand together with me this morning. Stand together as people of victory this morning. Stand together this morning as people who know what you know who you are. I want us to sing. Can the worship team help us? I know who I am. I, don't want, I want you to know who you are this morning. You need to declare it. Let the devil understand you know who you are. Whether you've lost your job or lost whatever you've lost or whatever he tells you, I want to tell you your father will take care of you. Your father will find a way. Your father's in charge of everything. It doesn't matter what's going on. That devil is a liar. He wants to depress you and discourage you. But we know who we are this morning. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As we sing it, declare it. We're a chosen generation. We are a chosen generation. All for to show his excellence. All I require for life, God has given me, and I know who I am. We are a chosen generation. Oh, yes. Called for to show His excellence. That's what we are called to show His excellence. All I require for life, God has given me, and I know who I am. I know who God says I am. Where he says I am, where he says I'm at, I know who I am. Oh, yeah. I know who God says I am. Where he says I am, where he says I'm at, I know who I am. Oh yes. Yeah. 
chosen generation called for to show his excellence all I require for life God has given me and I know who I am we are a chosen generation called for to show his excellence all I require for life Look at me, I'm a wonder. It doesn't matter what you see now. Can you see his glory? Cause I know who I am. Take a look at me, I'm a wonder. It doesn't matter what you see now. Oh yes. Can you see his glory? Cause I know who I am. Take a look at me, I'm a wonder. It doesn't matter what you see now. Can you see his glory? Cause I know who I am. Take a look at me, I'm a wonder. It doesn't matter what you see now. Can you see His glory? Cause I know who I am. Oh, oh. I am holy. I am righteous. Oh, I am so rich. I am beautiful. already won he's already won the battle the victory is already ours but we gotta make sure that we control our minds that we don't think those thoughts that the enemy wants to bring to us we reject them we replace them we put them out and we replace them with the promises of God and allow the word of God to be what we feed our minds on. Feed your mind on the truth. 
Let the truth be the one that controls us. Because what you think determines how you behave. How what you believe determines how you behave. And they're telling us what we are thinking is affecting our bodies physically. Research shows, doctors' research shows, 80% of the people who come into the office, their illnesses are caused psychologically. It is said that most of the people in those uh, mental hospitals, 90% of them would be out if they could begin to understand who they really are. It's faulty thinking. Your thinking can cripple your body. Your thinking can cripple your life. That's why the enemy comes at our thoughts. That's why he wants to attack that area. The battle is in the mind. And you and I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can control our mind. And we develop that by feeding. It's like a computer. If you put garbage in, Garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff's going to come out. This is a massive computer. A computer like no other computer. No, nothing is as fast as this computer in the world. Man can't build anything this fast. Just think that your eyes can detect two million different shades. Your eye can detect when you look at something. You can detect two million different shades. You have the power to do that. God has given us an awesome body. He's given us a mind that should be filled with Him. And when it's filled with His Word and with who He is, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you can ask what you will and it will be done for you. It's abiding in Him. It's thinking the way he wants us to think. It's not thinking the world wants us to think. You know, all advertising is to make you uncomfortable. Every advertising on the TV is to tell you, you're not somebody unless you do this. If you're not wearing this, if you're not using this perfume, if you're not driving this car, if you're not eating this food, if you're not... You're, you're not anybody. You want to be somebody? You got to get into this. It's all deception. People spend billions of dollars to deceive us. To get us to think we are not who we are. To get us to spend the money. And guess what? People end up buying things they don't need. Just because they want to be who they, the world says they are. Can I tell you? With Christ, you have all that you need. We know who we are. Leave here today knowing who you are in Jesus Christ.
you are more than a conqueror. And if you've never accepted Christ, if you've never received him as your savior, life begins not at 40. Life begins when you receive Christ as your savior. That's when life really begins. Then you begin to experience what is called the abundant life. Like nothing else. If you'd like to do that today, you said, Pastor, I want to begin afresh. I want a new start. I want to begin with God. My life has not been what it's supposed to be. I want to do that. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand right where you are, and I'll pray with you today. If you want to say that, you want to do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've given us a powerful mind. A mind that can change our lives. And we know that your desire for us is good. We don't just say you're a good God and God is good all the time. But we know that you are good all the time. And because you're good all the time, you want good for us all the time. And you gave us a mind that if we will control it the way you teach us in your word, we will experience good all the time. So, Father, we pray, help us to understand today that we are more than conquerors through you who loved us. That we have the power to change our lives by changing the way we think. Fear must go. Anxiety must go. Panic attacks must go. And all these things that come upon us, that the enemy tried to plant upon us, we shake them off in the name of Jesus. We cast them off in Jesus' name. And we declare and decree over our lives that we are more than conquerors today. That we have the victory in Jesus' name. That we as the redeemed, as the chosen children of God, as royal priesthood, as God's peculiar treasures. We know who we are. We know what you have provided for us. We know that you are with us. And if you are for us, it makes no sense anyone being against us. So today we thank you, Father. We give you praise and glory for what you're doing right now. Now, as we leave this place today, if there's someone who has never received you, we pray that they will say a simple prayer and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need Christ. I need you. I need to start afresh. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Take control of my life. I surrender it to you because I want to spend my eternity with you. Oh, great and awesome God. Let your people leave today confident with the hope that you've given us because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have a living hope. A living hope. And because you live, we can face tomorrow. And because you live, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. So thank you, God. Thank you, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've already done. 
thank you for what you're doing right now. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. As you go, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Two things before you go. I want to give a shout out to our a visiting pastor from our sister church in Trinidad, Pastor Ranganath over there. Let's welcome him and give him a big hand. Good to have him with us. Praise God. And then also want you to remember that this evening we are going to Keswick Convention. It starts at 6.45 p.m. right at Cooper City Church of God. Amen? You are dismissed to your very... Oh, first-time guests. First-time guests. At the back, you'll see your sister there. If you'll slip out, she'll escort you to our hospitality suite. Look at the back right now and see the sister waving. She's going to take you to our hospitality suite. You'll be refreshed. And those who invited you are welcome to join you as well. The new devotionals are available. You can pick up your devotionals on the outside.